All right, Brandon Ingram and the New Orleans Pelicans beat the Sacramento Kings in the referees. It was a gutty win that tells you a lot about where this team is right now and what they need to improve upon. Let's break it down in a live post-game episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available right here where we are live on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on Wednesday night. This is technically the Thursday show. We are doing a live show here to recap the Pelicans beating the Sacramento Kings. Second straight game. They've done that 117-112. Yet refs were bad. We'll touch on that. Brandon Ingram was a hero. This tells you where this team is and what they need to improve upon because there was a very clear area that could have lost this game for them outside of the referees. I want to touch on a couple of the other good performances we saw in this. And we're going to do this show a little bit differently. If you're listening on the podcast version, it'll be the normal show. It'll end around 24, 25, 26, 7, 8 minutes, something like that. If we have people in the chat, I'll go longer and we'll kind of do like a bonus little fourth segment or so where we just talk and I'll answer your questions and it'll be a little bit more informal. It won't be in the podcast version of it, so it's only going to be available on YouTube. So, of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, become an everydayer, two words, and listen Monday through Friday. Support the channel that way. Comment down below on YouTube. Those in the chat, if you're an everydayer, let me know. So let's get into it here. We got it like the Thanksgiving show. This is awesome. We get to celebrate. Be thankful for a Pelicans win. Thankful for all of y'all. I'll touch on that coming up in this show as well. Let's start with the biggest story of this game. It was Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram took this team home when they needed it. This game, the Pelicans were up. Was it whatever it was at the half, double digits at the half? All of a sudden, the Sacramento Kings start gaining some momentum, aided by just the weirdness of the referees in the fourth quarter, and start to storm back in this one. Game gets away from the Pels, to be perfectly honest. Turnovers not looking great late in the fourth quarter. And then Brandon Ingram does what you want your star players to do takes you home. Grabs a steal on the defensive side of the ball. Turns it into points on the offensive end. Yes. That's what your star players need to do. Again, the Sacramento Kings are good. They don't match up particularly well overall top to bottom with the New Orleans Pelicans. But you knew this game wasn't going to be a 40-point game again. There were going to be adjustments made. And they certainly did. The... Sacramento Kings tried to limit Zion Williamson. He's still got 25 points. We'll touch on him later in the show here on 16 shots. That's very good because he was getting the line somewhat. But it was Brandon Ingram who stepped up and made plays when they needed it. This is the guy that's supposed to do that, right? He's supposed to be more of a leader than Zion Williamson is. So in fourth quarter, crunch time, literally crunch time, the NBA classifies this game as that. You need your star players to carry you, to take you home, and he absolutely did on both sides of the ball. On a game where Zion Williamson was 
bad defensively, and he hasn't been bad recently, I want to touch on that later, was just him looking good. Like, Ingram looking good, like a killer, like a stone-cold assassin, which is what you want to see, which you don't always see from him. So I'm thrilled that we got this sort of performance out of him in this game. This is a game where you can get some confidence, right? Now, all of a sudden, the Pelicans are streaking a little bit. They're now 4-1 and one in their last five games against three, right? Three really good teams. Four really good teams. Four really good teams. I love what we saw from them in this one. It shows you where they are. This was a night, and this will lead into the next segment here, that they couldn't shoot. They shot 23% from three. Seven of 30, that's an awful number. The Kings doubled them up, more than doubled them up in terms of three-pointers made, 15 to seven. And they still won this game. You shouldn't win like that in today's NBA with that bad shooting. But Zion Williamson carried him at times. Brain Ingram took him home. You had your role players step up in Jordan Hawkins, Najee Marshall, who made a ton of plays. Jose Alvarado hitting some threes and making some plays, including grabbing steals. Herb Jones, being a menace defensively, didn't have anything going on offense in this game, but three steals and a block for him. Your star player in Brandon Ingram stepping up on the defensive side of the ball, that's not what he's known for. That's how you go and win this game against a real tough team that played you two nights before that had time to make adjustments and wanted to come in and do things differently. Loved it from them. Shows you where they're at. This team, as they are right now, can be competitive probably against almost every team in the NBA. I don't want to say every single team. I'd like to see them against a team like the Celtics, the Bucks, the length there, and all of that. But trick pick with a great comment. I'm going to save your comment right there uh, for the next segment because you nailed it. So, sorry, that one just caught my eye as I'm talking here in the moment. I love having y'all live with me. It's a lot of fun. So, they can compete with anyone, and they're not fully healthy. They're not fully healthy. There's no C.J. McCollum in this. No Trey Murphy. Larry Nance Jr. just started to get back in this game. There's a larger discussion to be had about Larry Nance Jr. as well. And they still won. In a game that the refs were like actively conspiring against them. I don't know what was going on with that whistle. Pelicans couldn't get a call in the fourth quarter. The Kings got everything. There was tons of contact on Zion, on Valanciunas. Nothing. Touch fouls on the Sacramento Kings and De'Aaron Fox. We'll get more into the refs in the third segment here because the Pelicans did make some defensive adjustments that really worked and really helped. But, whew, refs, weird game here. That's why I put it in the title. Brandon Ingram beats the Kings and the refs. The bigger threat in this game to them losing was absolutely the referees. So let's talk about what Trick Pick here says. The shooting failure, the whole point of the last episode. Yep. You saw it in this game. I love what we're seeing from this starting lineup, but there's a very big limitation, and this is an area that the Pelicans need to improve on. They're good now. They are a good team now, and that starting lineup is good now, but there's room to improve, and they need to kind of figure that out. And it also might just be as simple as they need to get healthy. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. Coming to you like nobody else does. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
whether it's trade talk, whether it's breaking down the on-court stuff, the stats in the lineup, we do it all here. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Join the live shows the when we do these. This is fun having everyone in here with me on Thanksgiving Eve. Speaking of Thanksgiving, if you're listening to this on Thursday or if you're listening to this right now with me, I was on ESPN Radio earlier on Wednesday with Gus Kattengill, a good friend of mine. Uh, there's a funny story about what I do towards him. I see him after every single game and we have this like ritual and it's great. One day I'll tell that on here. Um, but he asked me, he's like, what are you thankful for, Jake? And I said, I'm thankful for the Pelicans community. You know, I always say, and I'm going to take a moment to be a little bit sappy here. Okay, so forgive me. It's Thanksgiving. The Pelicans just won. I'm in a good mood. You're in a good mood too. We'll get back to the basketball talk in a second. I appreciate y'all like so much. I do this show for you. It's 10.20. I was up doing Locked On NBA till like one in the morning last night and I'm exhausted and I want to be here talking with y'all because you make doing this show worth it. This show is not about me and wanting to be in front of a camera and talking about what I want to talk about. I craft the entirety of the show for y'all because this community is so wonderful And it's so wonderful to be a part of, and I appreciate you all so much. I want to do the best job for you. So a lot of you at the arena come up and say thank you, and I always say thank you right back for listening. It's not about me. It's about you. You're all who makes this community and thus this show truly something special. New Orleans is a basketball city. Now, if you want to hang out in person, Pels 12 is having a watch party at Mid-City Yacht Club, by the way, on Saturday for the Jazz game. I will be there because I like all y'all. So again, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening to the show. I am thankful for all of y'all. So let's get back into this here. Oh, wait, I've got, I want to read this. I want to read this because this is cool. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's on YouTube. It's going all the time. They run Lockdown shows on there, including Lockdown Pelicans, including Lockdown NBA, our big national show that I host every Wednesday as well. It's a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe to that get some of the best locked on content there's nothing else like that locked on can do stuff that like no one else can it's really cool go subscribe so let's get back into this pelicans win here because at one point it looked like the game was getting away from him right 117 112 win i talked about this literally as trick pick says here in the chat on yesterday's show thank you for bringing that up because it was the second thing i wanted to talk about great segue here The listener's making me look like a true professional. I did not plan that comment from Trick Pick. He said, that shooting failure was the whole point of the last episode. Yep. We talked about the starting lineup. It's working with Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas. Those five players, name the shooter. Can't. Trick question. There's no shooter out there. Dyson can shoot threes at times. Herb can shoot threes at times. Valanciunas can shoot threes at times. You had... Brandon Ingram go five for five the other night, but he's not what I would call a shooter. He can be a shooter, but he went one of four in this game. Took fewer threes than he did last game. There's no shooting there. And so in the third quarter, in the second half, really, when the Sacramento Kings started to get hot and get going from three, math started to work against the Pelicans. Sometimes the NBA and a basketball game comes down to math. Pelicans can be up by a bunch, but if you take, if you make threes and I make twos, you're going up a point incrementally every time. And over time that adds up. And at one point, the Sacramento Kings, I think they had the lead, right? 
in the second half. They were making threes. They shot eight of 20 in the second half. The Pelicans shot four of 14. I mean, think about it right there. That's a significant difference. That's 12 points. It wasn't a 12-point game. Harrison Barnes going three of four, basically from the short corner on the left side in the second half. Trey Lyles going three of five. They were making threes, and the Pelicans were leaving them open, and the Pelicans couldn't make threes themselves. Dyson Daniels, 0 for three in the second half from deep. Jordan Hawkins, 1 of four. Jose Alvarado made one. It was a big one. Brandon Ingram took one three-point attempt in the second half. Herb Jones went 0 for 1. You need those shooters out there. This is where the team is missing a guy like Matt Ryan. This is where you have a guy in Jordan Hawkins who struggled defensively. We'll talk about that in the next segment a little bit. And you couldn't keep him on the court as much. This is a problem right now. You need to get three-point shots up and you need them to fall because that is straight up other than the refs, how the Sacramento Kings got back into this game. It was a math problem for the Pelicans here. Now, here's the good news about that. You want to be optimistic? One, they're good enough to get these wins without that. It helps that you can get out to a lead and the starters are playing very, very well. You also see Najee looking a little bit more better offensively, being more aggressive and everything. But you need those three-point shots to fall. You can't keep trading twos for threes against good three-point shooting teams or teams that are willing to do it and making them. That's a problem. It gets fixed, though. It gets fixed, like, rather easily, to be perfectly honest. You know how it gets fixed? Health. CJ McCollum, who went through a full practice the other day, he is going to be back on the court in no time. He has been shooting the ball well from three this season. You're also going to get Trey Murphy. I watch him in warmups every single game. He looks ready to play. I don't know why he's not. I'm assuming he's just not ready and they're not going to clear him just yet. I'm not a doctor, so like make of that what you will. Um, but he looks good. He looks ready to play. And when he does, he's going to be out there on the court draining threes. He doesn't miss in warmups whatsoever. CJ McCollum is taking eight three-point attempts per game, making him at a 38% rate. That's great. Matt Ryan is taking over five three-pointers per game. He's shooting 47% from three. He's out right now. They're just missing their three-point shooters. It's forced them to play a bit of a different style. It's forced them to play without three-point shooting. But when those guys come back, don't worry. They're going to have the shooting there. And I think that's going to be one of the most important things from them here. So this will get fixed. The lack of three-point shooting will get fixed. And that's, again, reasons why you should be optimistic about the team. It might lead to some losses over the next week or two, three weeks, until they get some of these guys back. It really might. It almost cost them in this game. But I would have looked at this game of, okay, they lost because they didn't have three-point shooting because those guys are injured. Not because the guys that normally make the shots aren't making them. Those are good problems to have. And this is something that I told Gus Cattengill when I was on ESPN radio in New Orleans with him earlier on Wednesday. You know, it, the beginning of the year was up and down, right? A bit of a roller coaster. And as we started to see the genesis of this team, the team meeting that they just had, Will Guillory of The Athletic just wrote an amazing article about it. You really need to sign up for The Athletic if you don't. You know, when they started to, when they were eventually going to come together, they were going to start to win games and play very good basketball. And they're doing it. So when you looked at this team on a roller coaster earlier on in the year, 
that was fine. They weren't even coming close to their potential. You know, what would have been bad was if we were looking at this team and been like, oh, this is who they are. Like, this is what their, their ceiling is. Right now, they just won this game. They just beat a very, very good Sacramento Kings team that was shooting lights out. And guess what? They are still not anywhere close to their potential as a team because they're not healthy. And they still haven't figured some things out. That is truly an amazing thing to say about this team and should make you optimistic here. Arrow, um, Arrow Gant One Green says, the modern NBA feels like two teams both playing live or die by the three. I, I don't think it is. I think threes are an important part of spacing to open things up for Zion Williamson. He had a tough go. He doesn't get some of the foul calls because I don't think the refs can see some of the contact he gets because there's a million bodies down there. Three-point shooting helps that. Not only does it space the court and just give him more room to work, it gives the refs better sight lines because there's fewer bodies looking at him. That, ask any NBA player. They talk about that. So it's not live or die by the three at all. The Pelicans didn't die by the three, and they didn't make threes in this game. You've got other things that you can do. But you still need to hit threes. It's important. It's 2023, going to be 2024 soon. You need to make your three-pointers. You need your shooters back. Well, they're going to be back soon. And that's what I think is so exciting about this team. They're getting quality wins right now. This isn't them beating up the Portland Trailblazers, the San Antonio Spurs, or anything like that. These are good teams that they're beating. And they're nowhere close to being you know, fully operational here, right? This should scare the rest of the NBA entirely. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the other performers that we saw in this game that I think were important to talk about here. Um, and then after that, we'll all hang out. We got a lot of people in the chat, so we'll go for a while. I don't mind that. And we'll kind of do like a bonus fourth segment that won't be in the podcast version. It'll only be available on YouTube. So let's keep hanging out. It's fun. We got Thanksgiving tomorrow. It's going to be a great day. There will be a show on Friday for y'all as well. That's coming up next in today's episode, a live episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here, the number one Pelicans podcast, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. Or if you only listen one day a week, listen two days a week. That would be a wonderful thing that supports the channel, helps keep it free in five days a week for y'all. If you really want to support the channel, go the extra mile. There's no Patreon, no anything like that. Don't ask for money, right? Just join the Lockdown Pelicans Insiders group. It's through this thing called Subtext. You can literally text me and I will text you back. Locked uh, um, every day, or by the way, I believe is two words. I'm waiting to get confirmation on that. Thank you. So... Join the Lockdown Pelicans Insiders group. I got thrown off there. And talk to me. I don't use Twitter as much anymore. That's the best way to, to interact with me on everything. I'll put the link. Let me see if I can pull it up here and put it in the chat. Um, I can. That's very cool. Uh, all you need is your phone number. It's really easy. It's $4.99 a month, so there's some money with it. But you get a 14-day free trial. If you don't like it, just cancel it. That's fine. The show's still going to be free in five days a week for y'all. So let's get into a couple other performers, then we're just going to hang out and talk. Simple as that. We're going to save that for the end. So if you have questions, put them in the chat. I might ask you to repeat them because I'm way behind on the chat because, again, we got a lot of people here. It speaks to the community. And I'll see you at the Mid-City Yacht Club Saturday 
for the watch party for the Jazz game with the Pels 12. I love that group. They're awesome. I love supporting them. and I can't wait to be there with y'all hanging out in person on Saturday night. Oh, so let me get into one thing first before we talk about individual performances. Defensive adjustments. This game was getting away from the Pelicans because De'Aaron Fox finally started to get going. This is De'Aaron Fox is like one of the ultimate Pelicans killers out there. This dude just lights up New Orleans and loves to do it in the Smoothie King Center. He has had some incredible games here in New Orleans, which is super annoying. He's a very good player. Don't get me wrong. They very much limited him in this first matchup. He started to get going in this game. This was a bit of a like a welcome to the NBA moment for Jordan Hawkins, who was tasked for most of the night with guarding De'Aaron Fox. And it didn't work particularly well in that third quarter, in that second half, when Fox scored where his numbers... Let me pull the third quarter up here. De'Aaron Fox had nine points in the third quarter and looked like he was going to take control of this game. Jordan Hawkins was struggling. The rest of the team was kind of struggling on defense. This was the worst defensive game I think I've seen this season from Zion Williamson. We'll talk on that in a second here. And so they eventually switched Jose Alvarado onto De'Aaron Fox, and that completely changed everything. Defensive adjustment by the head coach in the middle of the game to change who was guarding the hot player, put a smaller guy on him. Jose is not, I don't think Jose is taller than me, to be perfectly honest with y'all. He's he's not six foot, I'm over six foot. So he puts Jose Alvarado on De'Aaron Fox and it worked. Just a key in-game adjustment that started to swing some of the momentum back towards the Pelicans and kill some of those runs that the Sacramento Kings were going on. Great decision. Great decision to be able to do that. I love that the Pelicans have been trying to play small. Larry Nance Jr. came back. They put him out there, but knew that they needed to play bigger to secure rebounds. In the fourth quarter, Jonas Valanciunas with five fouls out there battling for boards, getting hit in the face, not getting foul calls. The Pelicans coaching staff, Willie Green, had the right read, the right feel on this game. And that was a great thing to see after, you know, at times being a little bit much maligned here to be able to go out and make those defensive adjustments, do exactly what they needed to do. It helped get the win there. That was really big for the Pelicans here. It was nice to see Larry Nance Jr. back out there on the court. I've got some worries about him long-term with this team. He hasn't looked particularly good this season, but he was okay in 12 minutes of action here. Grabbed enough boards to really contribute. He has not been scoring. They need more out of him from there. You know, you look at Cody Zeller, who played fewer minutes. Zeller, by the way, was the first big man off the bench over Larry Nance Jr., which I liked because I think Zeller's been playing well, to be perfectly honest with y'all. Um, he was a positive seven. Larry Nance Jr. was a minus four in this game, but Larry Nance was playing a lot with the starters and they went with a super small lineup out there. Najee Marshall in this game, you could honestly say was the game changer off the bench. The Pel- He was a plus 25, which is ridiculous. The Pelicans won his 20 minutes by 25 points when he was out there. 12 points, six rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block, just flying around. The energy level when he's out there, when Jose Alvarado is out there, is entirely different, and it just elevates this team. You've got to give him a lot of credit there. And yeah, again, in-game adjustments, the kind of right feeling from the team was good to stem the tide that was going away from them. The refs, 
actively not working in the Pelicans favor here. One of the weirdest called games I've seen. There were some bad foul calls on the Kings in the first half, which seemed to take them out of rhythm. And then it was like the refs in the fourth quarter, like, oh, we got to make up for what happened in the first quarter here. There's, there's, it's like an older promo for Locked On now. We use this with like advertisers and, and things too. And it's funny where we have like a sizzle reel almost of like Locked On hits. And I think they pulled it from my show one time where it's like you can just very clearly hear me say, the NBA has an officiating problem. They still do. They still do. That's um, not great. It's too inconsistent. It shouldn't be inconsistent from quarter to quarter. At times it was a tight whistle. At times it wasn't. The players need to figure out how to play the game. I heard a clip or two of Antonio Daniels on the broadcast being like, I need to say something. And you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to do that. It sounds like the right move for him. Dyson Daniels, by the way, out there still doing some good things. I wish his shot was falling more. If he gets his three-point shot falling, he was 0 for 5 in this game. Not really working for him. But again, he's able to contribute, and that's what I think the impressive thing is. Seven rebounds for him in this one. A steal, playing good defense. When that shot eventually starts falling, which maybe this year, maybe it's a year in the future, he's showing you everything you want to see from him. He's going to be a really, really good player, I think. And I'm still very much on the Dyson Daniels bandwagon, island, whatever you want to call it. I, I see y'all here in the <laughs> in the chat talking about it. Yeah, there was a very, very loud refs you suck chant. And that was, uh, you could feel the Smoothie King Center was upset with that. The atmosphere in there was fun. Y'all make it fun to be there. Y'all make it just fun to cover the Pelicans. As I said earlier to open the second segment, I'm thankful for y'all. I like truly mean that. Um, I'm always happy to talk with y'all, basketball, hoops, whatever it is. Yeah, just thanks for thanks for hanging out. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to end the show verbally. This is going to sound weird. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to end the show, but we're actually not ending the show if you're on YouTube here. And I'll answer your questions. I'll take your comments kind of as a bonus part here on the YouTube version of Locked on Pelicans, but I'm going to end it on the audio version of Locked on Pelicans. So let me do this. Don't leave. Don't leave. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Enjoy your Thanksgiving today. Again, I am thankful for y'all. And I'll be back with y'all on Friday. We'll get set for the weekend, an in-season play-in tournament game against the Clippers, watch party game on the road against the Utah Jazz. It's going to be trickier than you think. Two games against the Utah Jazz. Want to talk more about Dyson, Herb, others on this team in Friday's show. We'll maybe make it a mailbag, answer your questions on there as well. So make sure you tune in to the Lockdown Pelicans podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.